0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fight IQ podcast. My name is Jesse Day and this is the podcast where we break down words of wisdom throughout the history of combat sports to find tips and lessons we can use in our own lives. And today we're going to learn all about in fighting as in life, confidence is king. The stakes this fight for you. I mean, we're not talking about contendership right now. We're talking about rebound. But I mean, is this about proving something to the doubters, the people that are against you? Is it about some proving something to yourself? I mean, what's on the line in this fight for you?
1: Yeah, it's proving something to myself more than anything. Uh, you know, this, this man's undefeated. Nobody's really figured him out yet. He ain't been beat, so he's gonna have that that, that confidence that, that he he's on the up and up, he's gonna try and make a name off of me. So uh it, it's proven to myself that I'm still I'm still coming up and I'm still uh, uh rising and I'm still gonna be even bigger and, and better. You know, I'll be honest with you, I'm coming off two losses. Like, that, that shit eats at you, you know. It, it's not it, it's not easy having to to rebound from that. So uh Gregor's gonna have to face the, he he's gonna have to get the worst of it, but I'm gonna make sure I give it to him.
0: That was UFC fighter Kevin Lee talking about an upcoming bout in which he participated against Gregor Gillespie, which he won by devastating knockout, but that was the pre-fight interview where he was talking about some emotional demons he was battling because he himself was coming off of two losses. And the reason I chose that clip at the beginning of this episode is because I wanted to highlight the fact that confidence is actually most important when you're behind and things haven't gone your way up until this point. So normally when we think of confidence, it's like a a product of momentum. As we move forward and as we accomplish things, we get more and more confident and that kind of carries us and builds into something great. But I think the fact of the matter is, it's most important to be confident when the chips are down and you're completely behind. As Kevin Lee was saying, he was coming off of two losses. Now, he's quite a big draw in the sport. He's got some star power behind him. But for a fighter who is in the same position as him, who might not be as well known, a third loss in a row in an organization like the UFC can mean you are cut. Your contract is canceled, which they can do when you're coming off a loss. And now you have to go back to some more minor organizations, build up your resume, build up your record a bit more, and then go back into the UFC or another big organization like One Championship or Bellator, etc. So there's a lot on the line very often when a fighter is coming off of two losses and trying to rebound back. And in this case, Kevin Lee was going up against a man in Gregor Gillespie who had never lost a fight. So that's a little bit scary. So naturally, as he admitted himself in this interview, that those two losses messed with his head. That's a psychological factor that he has to deal with every day in training leading up to this contest and it's something he has to face. And that's why I felt that's a special type of confidence that I think we can all learn from and we can all try to adapt for ourselves as well. How do you be confident when everything's been going wrong for you? When things haven't been going your way? How do you pluck up the courage? to face the next challenge. And not only did Kevin Lee choose to face another fight, he chose to face a tough fight. He went after one of the toughest fights he could have going up against an undefeated opponent with a ton of momentum and confidence behind him. So go after the tough fights to rebuild yourself when the chips are down. It's a risk reward thing, right? But you know, there's a, an expression called tune-up fights in both boxing and MMA and all combat sports. It means when you take somebody who's most likely a star, somebody who has a lot of star power, and they're coming off some losses, you don't want to throw them back in there with somebody who's super tough because then they might lose again. You want to keep their star momentum going. I think this happens a lot more in boxing than it does in MMA, but... That's a situation that's kind of a win-win for the fighter who's coming off losses for the organization because they can try to build him up, get him a few more wins, get him back in the limelight, and continue to profit off of his endeavors. But Kevin Lee is saying, no, no, I'm not taking a tune-up fight. I'm not coming back to fight somebody who's also coming off of a loss. He's coming back to fight somebody on a winning streak who's never lost a fight and who is very, very dangerous. So maybe ask yourself, what tune-up fights are you putting yourself through in life? Is there something you failed at and instead of trying it again and trying it again and really crushing it, you're trying something, you're holding yourself back and you're going, well, I already tried this several times, I failed at it, maybe let me take a step down and uh, do something a little bit easier first, build my confidence and then maybe eventually I I can go back and pursue the thing I was looking for. I think it's better to just keep going for the thing that you were originally moving towards in the first place even if you face all sorts of defeats because you can learn and adapt as we've talked about several times on this show and you can use that information to move forward and become better and that can give you confidence as well. You have to know what you're capable of and believe in your ability to be able to move forward and we heard that from Kevin Lee as well. He knows what he's capable of when everything is going right. So when everything isn't going so right, he's able to put everything into perspective and encourage himself and build up that confidence in himself that he's ready to face the next challenge. I was pretty confident. UFC no doubt about it. That's my mentality. Uh, just, just thought it was uh, right up my alley and I was gonna figure out how to win this thing. But uh, UFC won was uh, very stressful, it seemed like every fight, there was more on the line, so there's always going to be pressure, the lights on, the fans, it's how you deal with the pressure, uh, and you got to find a way to come out on top and, and keep your emotions in check, which from what I understand, I didn't do so well all the time mark the hammer coleman one of the pioneers in mixed martial arts in the early ufc days when there were no gloves when you were allowed to headbutt and uh strike your opponent to the groin as legal moves he is uh, credited with kind of inventing the ground and pound style where a wrestler uses a strong wrestling base to take an opponent down hold them down and beat them over the head with their fists until they are rendered unconscious he's very good at that And he's one of the OGs in the combat sports game. We're going to be hearing from another one after this. I think it's fun to go back to those guys from the early days and uh, hear from them because they went through a completely different era of the sport where you had to fight three times in a single evening in no time limit matches to be able to advance. So the third fight was generally the finals. And they changed that eventually because it's insane, but these guys went through that, so I think it's always really cool to hear from them because they were going through more dangerous and more stressful situations than the fighters are today, and for much less money as well. So they really loved it, and they were kind of true warriors, as everybody is who steps in the ringer cage, but I really feel they exemplify that. So the first thing I want to touch on about what Mark Coleman said was how experience becomes a huge factor in confidence. The more that you do something, the more you repeat something, the more confident you become at it. And as he mentioned, by the time it was at UFC, the later UFC's in his career, he drew on his wrestler's mentality. And wrestling is a very grueling sport. Uh, It's not a really popular one. You know, you don't see people flocking to watch a lot of wrestling matches or wrestling in the Olympics but the grind that those athletes go through is absolutely insane and they also compete multiple times in a single day and their training regimen and everything about what they do is all about grit and mental toughness and fortitude and just moving forward no matter what and achieving victory however you can within the rule set so i think that's why wrestlers are, have been so successful within combat sports, within mixed martial arts specifically. It's not only the fact that grappling, uh, their version of grappling is so unbelievably effective against a variety of styles. It's also that they already have that work ethic and that mental toughness that has been imbued into them by their sport. So when they step into mixed martial arts, they have this wealth of experience behind them and they know they've been through all sorts of craziness in their wrestling careers and in the training room during wrestling. So they have that kind of inborn confidence. They're able to draw on all of that past experience and say, this is like he said, this is something I can be successful at because I've already been successful at wrestling and there's many similarities. So experience is a huge factor. If you want to become confident at something, you need to do more of it. We can apply that to anything in life. Something like, uh, whether it's starting a business, you need to get all of the experience and knowledge you can around that business, type of business and its practices, before you dive in and are able to get kind of supreme confidence with it. I've there, done that before sort of mentality. Talking to members of the opposite sex. I mean, that's a that's a thing a lot of people get really nervous about approaching somebody new. Well, when you break through and, and you do that more and more, it becomes more and more easy to do. And anything, a lot of people have social anxiety, um, and in many cases, it's a, it's a medical condition that can require medication or some sort of therapy. But I also think that breaking out of that shell and just doing simple, small steps, like you know, talking to people out in public that you might not normally approach or talk to, just to kind of get yourself more comfortable with interacting with other human beings. So there's so many things in life that people wanna have confidence in, but the fact of the matter is you have to take that first step and start working towards achieving that supreme confidence that a guy like Mark Coleman would have. Now Mark also touched on managing your emotions in times of intense stress. Uh, He talked about the limelight, the fans, of course, you know, I've spoken about this before and it's, it should be obvious that when you're standing backstage waiting to go out there and make that walk, to an octagon or to a ring, especially in his era where you can get your balls punched in and you can, you know, get headbutted to the face while you're on the ground. There's so many dangers inherent in, in that time in the sport as there still is today. But you need to manage your emotions and you need to focus on the task at hand to achieve victory. And confidence comes from that repetition of the task you need to be confident in. So, the more you do that, the less the limelight's going to affect you in that case, or the less that external environmental factors will affect you when you've kind of been there and done this song and dance before. Now, in anything you do, the stress is always going to be there. But the greater your confidence, the more you can relax in high stress situations. When you first start doing something, whether it's a new job, whether it's sparring in the gym, or whether it's in this case actually getting into combat. The first few times you do it, you're gonna be extremely stressed, but as you do it more and more, you're gonna find that the tension eases up and you're gonna be more relaxed in a situation that other people would perceive as high stress or dangerous. And speaking of a man who reacts in very calm manner under extreme stressful situations, let's hear from Dan Severn. Danny goes, are there any questions? I can't think of none. But as he's
1: turning away to look at my corner person, just a goofy little blurb comes in my mouth, my mind, and I simply blurt out, "Yeah, where did all that money go that my parents paid for piano lessons?" <laughs> so I said this. He looks back at me, and he, there's a, he in his mind, he says, "There's no way it came out of my mouth because I got my game face on." And, but then the second time he comes over, so for match number two, he comes over. And he starts the same monologue. I know what's coming. So now I'm doing a little bit more preparing. So I get to his line. Are there any questions? I look right at him. I go, Yes. If you just give me the winning lotto ticket numbers, I wouldn't have to do this. And and at that point in time, he is like dumbfounded. His wife, Elaine, actually is the travel coordinator. He tells her, This guy's nuts. He's telling one liners just before engaging into a no-holds-barred type of combat where you only have two rules, no biting, no eye gouging, And uh, but then they get to know me over time. I have dinner with them on several occasions. They realize that uh, I'm just so relaxed. I'm in my arena of competition, and I've even had doctors check my heart rate, and they can't believe how low it is, but that is my arena.
0: Dan the Beast Severn, another early contender from UFC back in those old-school, no-holds-barred days. And you can see he was talking about interactions he had with referee Big John McCarthy. And this was a time, as I mentioned before, where you would fight multiple times in the same evening to achieve the championship of the night. And during the kind of pre-fight instructions, the referee, being Big John in this case, would go and talk to the fighter, talk to their corner, and say, do you have any questions? And Dan chose to respond in a quippy manner using one-liners. Because he thought it was funny in the moment. So how can you get into that sort of mindset where you're about to enter into basically mortal combat with another human being and you can be thinking about those sorts of things instead of completely focusing on the task at hand? Some people might say that that's a mistake. Like why would you start... ...thinking about jokes or one-liners to say, why wouldn't you just be focusing 100% on the match? But the fact is, his own preparation and his own confidence is just so high that there's no downside to it. In fact, it, it's probably an upside. Because if you're able to be in a dangerous situation and relax completely to the point where you can crack jokes your brain is in the most relaxed state possible so you have the greatest chance of being able to react appropriately in the moment whatever's coming at you because you're not clenched up and tightened up from fear and stress so have you personally ever felt in a relaxed or jovial mood while you've been in high stress situations depending what platform you're on you can drop it in the comments below you can hit me up at info at fightiqpodcast.com and let me know because i'm very curious to hear about that Because sometimes you've just done something so much, uh, it could be your job, you could be a firefighter, you could be a police officer, a paramedic, something like that, where your job always or very often entails high stress situations, and you've just been in them so much that you can kind of crack jokes while you're in them. Some people might look at that as insane, as Dan Severn was saying about John McCarthy and his wife, thinking, what, this guy's about to get into a no-holds-barred fight and he's cracking jokes over here. For me personally, I'm also a hip-hop artist and I've done, I don't know, I want to say around 150 live performances in front of all manner of different types of crowds. And so, the last few times I've performed have really been that for me, to the point where I was just so unbelievably relaxed. And there was even a technical error during one particular song where we had to wait for three minutes or so and I had to hold the crowd's attention while um, they were getting the sound system together. And it was just, I wasn't stressed at all. I sat down on the edge of the stage and just started kind of talking to the audience and, and I kept them engaged until everything was ready. And And that's directly a result of, as I was mentioning in the last segment, the amount of experience that I had in that situation, the amount I'd prepared and practiced for that particular performance was just so much that when it came time to actually make it happen, I just couldn't have been more relaxed. And uh, that's something that took me a long time to get to that point. That was not always how it was, not at all. I've, I've always been quite nervous on stage. So what about yourself? Any situations you've been in where other people would look at that and go, oh my God, this is a high stress situation, putting out a fire. Um, Maybe you're a soldier who's gone into combat situations where you've actually been relaxed and able to crack jokes. In those circumstances, that's kind of an extreme one, but I'm guessing there's people out there that have been able to do that. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I also want to say how you perceive your environment will also affect your level of confidence. And this goes back to the old adage, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's maybe cheesy, maybe it's been over said, but it's absolutely true. Your own perception, your own inner thoughts and your own inner beliefs really paint a picture of your own reality and the way that you experience it subjectively. And Dan Severn wasn't looking at this no holds barred competition like everybody else was. Everybody in the audience, the referee was looking at it as like, "Wow, these guys are about to really get into this primal form of combat, and you know, one of them could leave this match changed forever due to injury or disfigurement. Um, somebody could get really hurt. So this is a very serious situation, and he's not looking at it like that. I think he's looking at it more like it, like training." Like, a let's go spar. Let's go make this happen. This is something I've been through. This is something I've done. His lens through which he looked at the competition was not, oh my God, this is such a dangerous competition. What am I going to do? It's no holds barred. I might get hurt. I'd better make sure I'm on my game. His attitude towards it was more like, I know what to do. I've already been trained. I'm here. I'm ready to go. So why not make some jokes? He's not looking at it in the same way as everybody else is, is really the point. And I think we instinctively think situations are far more dangerous than they actually are on a regular basis on our day-to-day lives. You know, I used the example in the last segment about talking to a member of the opposite sex about, hey, do you want to hang out, have a coffee sometime, something like that. That really triggers a fear response in me anyways. And, you know, the more you do it, like I said, the easier it gets. But I think it triggers a fear response in everybody. Like the, the body and the mind gets stressed. You feel this kind of sinking feeling in your chest your body's kind of trying to tell you just don't do it and and just feel normal don't don't go through this stress so but at the end of the day what's the danger of that situation what's the worst that could happen you could trip over your words make a complete idiot of yourself and the person you're talking to could be like "Eh, whatever and walk away and that would suck, but there's no danger there. You're not under any physical threat. And I think most situations in life, because living in the modern society that we live in now, where the dangers, at least in this country, and you know, thank God for that, we're able to, in, in the Western world, very often live without fear of danger, unlike a lot of other parts of the world. But in our society, the danger isn't really feeling like we're going to get shot or we're going to get attacked or something horrible is going to happen to us. Um, In terms of our health and our well-being, it's more fearing other people, what other people are going to think of us, the way they perceive us. I might mess up when I go into this meeting or when I give this presentation. But things that at the end of the day have very little consequence to our actual physical health and actually way less consequence than we think on our professional or personal lives as well. So I think we really need to put things into perspective as Dan Severn has done and realize exactly how really dangerous is this situation we're in right now. What is the cost of failure? For most of us in most of our situations in day-to-day life, the cost of failure is so minimal that you might as well go for it and give it your all. And the final thing I want to say is that when we enter a state of total relaxation in a high stress scenario, we care less about the future outcome of this moment and we've And we focus more on doing our best now. So we're not really thinking about, okay, well, I really want to win in the case of a a combat sports competition. We're not so focused on that. We're more focused on I'm just relaxed, I'm here, I'm in the present, and I'm able to respond to the environment around me and to everything that's happening, what this person's saying, what that person's doing, with a much more relaxed, carefree, laissez-faire sort of attitude. And I think if you're able to develop that level of confidence, then there is nothing in this world that you can't accomplish. I'd like to thank you very much for joining me this week on the Fight IQ podcast. You can find us at fightiqpodcast.com. Of course, this podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere podcasts are found online. Wherever it is that you're listening, I'd love if you could leave us a review. It would help tremendously. I also have a Patreon that's linked in the description below. we got some cool perks on there. Would love it if you could support the show And I am going to keep evolving, get some guests, get some video eventually. So do stay tuned for that and have a wonderful day.